loved this evening. I can tell you he's worthy to be loved. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be back with you tonight. As you know, we've been gone for the last couple weeks out ministering. We've had some wonderful services. The Lord truly blessed, but it's always good to be home. Good to be with home people, people that love you, people that know you, and people that you know and love as well. And so we just greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. I do want to bring a, a praise report. We've been praying for my Aunt Vera. Uh, I sound like I'm in a tunnel up here. If you could adjust that out, that'd be great. Um, we've been praying for my Aunt Vera, and I got a call today from my mom. She, many of you know she had a stroke six months ago, and she was pretty much has been bedridden for six solid months. Well, today she got out of bed, and she stood on her feet for 22 seconds. You say, well, Brother Joe, that's not much, but little is much if God's in it. I said, little is much if God's in it, and God's behind it. Because several, I believe it was uh, maybe two months ago, my wife and I went over there, and she didn't look like she was going to make it, but God, she gave her heart to the Lord, and she's just been recovering every, every day since, getting stronger and stronger. So we, uh, we praise the Lord for that. Have a co-worker here with us tonight, Miss Ella Airy. She's our housekeeping supervisor there at the hospital. She'd been telling me she was going to come hear me preach. I'm like, Why? But, hey, we're here, and she's here, and we just pray that you enjoy the service tonight. We're going to call you Sister Ella. Are you okay with that? And today is a special day. Many of you probably have seen the post on Facebook, but I did want to wish my beautiful wife a very special happy birthday. We're not going to tell her age, but we do want you to know, honey, we love you, and we appreciate everything you do for us, the family, and for this church family. So thank you. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to have you look in Matthew 9. We're going to start here in verse 18. Just counted a wonderful blessing to be here and be in his presence and glad to be a child of God, aren't you? So we're going to look tonight, we're going to pick back up on our series that we have been doing on Let Revival Come. This will be a Let Revival Come Part 3, but I want to give it a subtopic tonight, I Will Restore. So we find here in Matthew 9... Verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. My daughter, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her that she shall live. And Jesus arose, and he followed him, and so did his, did his disciples. Go down to verse 23. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. And he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in, and he took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. Let us just pray. Father, we just bow our heads to you tonight, and we do ask, Lord, that you'll come by our way. And, Lord, take these words, these thoughts that we have just for a little bit this evening, and, Lord, minister to us, speak to our hearts, Lord. May you anoint the lips to speak, anoint your servant to get, out of, to get himself out of the way, Lord. And may we just be a people that's come to worship the Lord, knowing that you've done so much for us, Father. So we're trusting in you tonight, not our human ability, but... Lord, our, our, our availability. So we're asking that you just have your way. Bless every heart that's here. Lord, those that are on the stream, may you just speak to them as well, Father, as we just give ourselves to you and to this service tonight. If we ask you to move now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated this evening. <clears throat> we find here in Matthew 9 and 18, the Bible describes, it says, a certain ruler, this phrase here, certain ruler, actually the man that we're speaking of is Jairus and he was a ruler of a synagogue and notice what the Bible describes the Bible said that he came and he fell down and worshipped him, so he came and he gave respect, notice he recognized there was something in this man that was different than all other men, he recognized he wasn't just a prophet, he recognized he wasn't just a priest, he recognized he was not just some ordinary person, but he came and he said lay hands on my daughter that she may live. So he recognized within him laid the power to raise the dead. In him laid the power to restore life to those that have gone beyond the grave. And I want you to know tonight, he's that same kind of God today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever your need is tonight, he's the same. 
The question is, are you the same? Do you believe the way this man believed? Do you believe enough to get out of your synagogue, out of your comfort zone, and come to the master and say, Master, come. My daughter is now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and I know she shall live. Now we look at this and we, we find how Mark would, Mark would kind of rephrase this and, and say she's at the point of death or she's at the last extremity of death. Luke would just record it as she lay there dying. But when we find Matthew here, Jairus comes to him and she says he's even, she's even now dead. So when he left the house, no doubt she lay dying. She was at the last extremity of death. So when he approached Jesus, he knew that by the time he got there, she had already passed from this life to the life thereof. And we, But we want you to know tonight, church, but we find here when Jesus, when he comes to the, the ruler's house, notice how he finds it tonight in verse 23. He came to the ruler's house and he saw the minstrels and he saw the people making noise. Now the word minstrels here means the flute players. So what they were making preparations for, they were making preparations for a funeral. But I want you to know tonight, we're not a people that's making preparations for a funeral. We're a people that's making preparations for a body change. Because the word says that we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And this corruptible body is going to put on incorruption. Yeah. Oh, church, that's who we are tonight. I'm not speaking to a people that's going in the grave. I'm speaking to a people that's going in a rapture tonight. Yeah. I'm speaking to a people that God has given life to and God is restoring life to tonight. Amen. Oh, I just love this. As 1 Corinthians 15, 51 would say, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Put your name there. I shall be changed tonight. Notice in a moment, in the twinkling, bat your eye real quick. That's how you're going to be changed quicker than that. We think it's going to be a process, but it's going to be just that quick. We should be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall, we shall be changed. Notice, he reiterates that. We shall be changed. Somebody's going to take a body change. I say, it might as well be me tonight. It might as well be the bride of the last day. We shall be that one that's not going into a grave, not going to sit there and rot, and the bed bugs and all these other things eat us up, but we're the one that's going to take a we're the one that's going to experience a body change. We're the one that the scriptures have been foretelling all these years. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall be, shall put on incorruption. And this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Do you have me back on here? Turn me back on here if you don't mind. Notice now. Then shall be the saying, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I believe I'm speaking to the people tonight that are going to look death in the face and say, where is your sting? I'm looking at the people tonight that's going to look down at that grave and say, grave, where is your victory? You can't hold me. Death, you can't sting me because I wasn't made for the grave. I wasn't made to go down into the death. I was made to live again. I was made to live and howl on the ramparts of glory. That's what I was made for. I wasn't made for the grave. I was made for a rapture church. Oh, but you got me on? We're on. Matthew 9 25. Notice. But when he put the people forth, he went in and he took her by the hand and the maid arose. Y'all don't mind if I just preach to you tonight, do you? It's been a while since I preached at home, so let's just enjoy ourselves for a little bit. I won't hold you too long. Notice, he had to put all the unbelievers out. Because there's only one thing that hinders God, and that's your unbelief. We find in Matthew 13 and verse 58, he did not many mighty things or many mighty works there because of their unbelief. 
So notice, even Jesus couldn't do mighty works because of the unbelief of the people. And if we sit here tonight in unbelief, there's nothing that he can do beyond our unbelief. But if you can believe tonight, all things are possible. I say, if you will believe tonight, all things will be possible to you. Notice, when he took her by the hand, the maid arose. That word took there, I love it, because what it means when you look at it, it means to take hold of. It means to seize, but it also means to become master of. So when he took her by the hand, he became the master of her situation. What that tells me tonight, that death couldn't hold her because the master took her by the hand. And what am I telling you tonight, church? I'm telling you, when the master takes you by the hand, death can't hold you. Cancer can't hold you. Alopecia can't hold you. Let me tell you, depression can't hold you. Why? Because the master, oh, the master took her by the hand and the grave had to open. And death had to release its hold on her and she had to arise. Oh, hallelujah. So no matter what the power is that held her down, whatever the sickness was, brought her to the point of death, it had to release its grip. Because the master took her by the hand. See, he restored her to life. And he's the master of the situations of our lives. He's the one that carries our burdens. He's the one that calms our troubled waters. He's the one that restores us to life. Notice, I love how Brother Brandon would say this in the message Moses talking about the master. Listen to this. He goes, right in the days when we, we got all these fine drugs and operation and surgeons and so forth. And we had that all at Minden Medical Center. So you feel free to go to Minden Medical Center and get your, your nursing care. That's a little plug-free advertisement for the hospital. They'll pay me later. Hopefully next week when we get paid. But notice, sorry about that. Right in the days when we got all these fine drugs and operation and surgeons and so forth, constantly they are building infirmaries for the incurable. Is that right? And there was never was nothing that could ever come before our master Jesus, but what he was more than a match for. Oh, church, he's more than a match for anything that you're going through tonight. He's more than a match for cancer. Just ask Sister Alana. He's more than a match for alopecia. Just ask Sister Mariah. He's more than a match for heart trouble. Just ask Brother Kenneth. He's more than a match for a stroke. Just let me tell you about my aunt tonight. I'm telling you, he's more than a match for anything that you'll face. Because why? He's the master tonight. He's more than a match for dynamic possession. Just ask those that were at camp who got set free. He's more than a match. But notice they're building all these things for the incurable. And the brother Brown would say it like this, and no incurables to him. There are no incurables to him. See, all things are possible. Is that right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, there's nothing incurable for him. Science may not have the cure. Man may not have the cure. Doctors may not have the cure. Theologians may not have the cure. But Jesus not only has the cure, he is the cure tonight. Because why? Because he's the master. And if you have perfect faith tonight, your perfect faith will master your circumstance. Your perfect faith tonight will master whatever storm you're going through. All you got to do is have faith in the master. He goes, oh, you know, we see, how many have ever seen God heal? Oh, yeah. This whole church is staying to its feet. We have seen it. We have living witnesses in our own sanctuary. But he says, you believe he's good or he's wonderful in the healing. He said, you should see him in battle one time. Oh, yeah. oh brother, and we saw him in battle at youth camp. Oh, we think, oh, great, God's a deliverer. He's a healer. Oh, but we saw him in battle. Our God stood toe-to-toe with seven demonic manifestations, and everyone was cast out because our God, hallelujah, is more than a match. He says, I've never seen him but what go into battle, but what he didn't come out packing a victory. What are you telling me, Brother Joe? I'm telling you, you can't lose with this God. He's never lost a battle, and he doesn't plan to start losing tonight, church. I've never seen him go into battle, but what he didn't come out packing a victory. Lord, here you go. Take my victory and bring it out. Oh, hallelujah. I just love it. I don't know. Now we find here, we're going to bring this on down and start digging into the, the meat of the message tonight. 
Let me start my watch. So y'all got 15 minutes free. Let's look here, blind Bartimaeus. See this poor old blind beggar standing way back. People tried to stop him from crying. Brother Brown said, I believe it was good people with good intentions. They tell him, sit down, Bartimaeus. Don't you make no noise. How many ever heard that in our church? Don't make no noise. You ain't got to be all emotional like Brother Joe and, and loud and all that. That's, that's just nonsense. But everywhere Jesus went, there was noise. And if he comes to even like tabernacle, there should be some noise. But know what you're hollering about. Know what you're shouting about. Know what you're praising God about. But he noticed, he said, don't make no noise. One of the days of miracles is past. You know our priest tells us that. You don't, have, you, you don't want to be considered with a bunch of fanatics now, do you? And this is how the church was rallying around blind Bartimaeus. Notice, they wasn't in his shoes. They wasn't living in his dark world. But blind Bartimaeus, the prophet of God said, he turned the deaf ear to what they were saying. And I trust tonight, no matter what you've been told, what you've heard, you're turning the deaf ear and you're listening for that voice that's coming down through the roadway there. And there's all the people, screams are going around and he begins to cry out, thou son of David, have mercy on me tonight. Will there be one soul here tonight saying, oh Jesus, have mercy on me. You know my situation. You know my loved ones are out there. They're lost. They're undone. They don't know you. They they need to give their hearts to you, Lord. But Lord, Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on my home. Have mercy on my church. Have mercy on my job. Thou son of David, come by my way tonight and have mercy on me, Lord. Notice. I love what he says here. Something touched the master. He couldn't hear blind Bartimaeus. There was people making noise all around him. There's no way he could fathomly hear him scream out. Oh, church, but there's something about when you scream out in faith, it'll touch the master. It'll stop the master. And the prophet of God said, when he he cried out, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He said, something stopped Jesus in his tracks. And he said, it'll do the same for you tonight. It'll do the same for you tonight. He stopped and he looked around. He said, bring him here. Oh, I told him, don't you love Jesus for that? He stopped and he said, bring him here. And notice the people changed their tune. Now, a minute ago, they were saying, hush. But now they're saying, be a good cheer, Bartimaeus. He calleth thee. He calleth thee. And notice he leaped up because why? He was getting an audience. With the master. See he knew that if he could get to him. Then he could get what he wanted done. Or he could get his need met. Because why? He was having an audience with Jesus. And Brother Bam says now brother sister tonight. Let's just have an audience with Jesus tonight. He said you shall receive whatsoever you ask the father in my name. We either believe that as believers or we don't believe that. Ask that your joys may be full. Notice blind Bartimaeus was no longer distressed. He wasn't worried anymore, though he was still living in a dark world, though he still had no eyesight. Here he was. He hadn't eaten for days. Maybe every three or four days he would eat something because he, what the money that he got in his little begging bowl there. But notice he threw off his beggar's rags because he was getting an opportunity to take his need to the master. Let me tell you, church, tonight, it's time we throw off our begging rags. You don't have to come and beg for God. All you got to do is present your petition because God is ready to meet your need tonight. He's the master, and he knows about your situation. He knows the desire of your heart, and he's just waiting on you to speak to him tonight. Notice, there he goes, fumbling around in a dark world. Threw off his beggar clothes, but he didn't care what he had to throw off. He didn't care what he had to leave behind. Oh, come on, evening light. I hope you don't care what you got to leave behind. I, don't, I hope you don't care what you got to throw off. You may have to throw off some man's idea. You may have to throw off some denominational viewpoint. You just throw it off tonight and don't look back and look to where you're headed because you're getting an audience. You're getting an opportunity tonight to have your petition known, have your petition met tonight because he says, I will restore. Yes. Oh, at 
blind Bartimaeus knew one thing about God, that God was immutable. He could not go back on his word. And he knew that in the book of Joel, Joel gave a promise. And there was somebody that anointed Joel to speak those words. I will restore. And he's the same God tonight. He's the same healer tonight. He's the same deliverer tonight. He's the same God. And he's here even tonight to tell you, I will restore for you. So he attracted the attention of the master. And if we can attract the attention of the master tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble knee in this building. There wouldn't be a sleepy head in this building. There wouldn't be a heavy heart in this building. If you knew who was standing on this platform tonight. I'm not pointing to myself But the Bible does give us a a promise that where two or three are gathered in my name, he is there in their midst. Whether you see him, whether you feel him, whether you acknowledge him or not, he's here. You may have to fumble through your darkness and say, thou son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me tonight. Notice, he was given an opportunity to meet with the master. He didn't care what he had to throw away. He didn't care what he had to leave behind. He was having his one opportunity because he didn't know if he'd get another. And tonight may be your opportunity. And notice when he got to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, well, by and Bartimaeus, what church do you belong to? Are you a Pharisee? Are you a Sadducee? Are you part of the Sanhedrin? Do you pay tithes? Are you part of the big Baptist, the first Baptist, second Baptist, the first Pentecostal assemblies of God? He wasn't worried about what denomination. He wasn't worried about where he came from. He knew one thing, that faith had stopped him in his tracks and somebody needed a touch. And let me tell you, if you'll come tonight, he's not worried about where you come from. Only thing tonight is he responds to your faith. If you can believe tonight, then all things are possible. Notice he comes and he says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. They've been telling me that the days of miracles is past. They're telling me that there's no way I'll ever see again. And they're telling me all these things. But I believe tonight something's going to happen. Notice the faith of blind Bartimaeus. He didn't get before Jesus and say, well, I hope it happens tonight. They've been telling me all this about you. And I hope that you, everything that they tell me that you were. No, he recognized who he was. He recognized him to be the healer. He recognized him to be the deliverer. And he came to him and he says, they've been telling me all this stuff. But I believe tonight, Lord, something's going to happen to me. Let me tell you tonight, church, I don't care what they've been telling you. I don't care what the religious, religious leaders have told you or the doctors have told you or the bankers have told you or the bill collectors have told you my God said I will restore I will restore I'll give life tonight if you'll take me at my word and believe have his kind of attitude I believe something special is going to happen to me in this service you take that to heart tonight you'll walk out of here in victory you won't walk out defeated You won't walk out the way you walked in. You'll walk out the victor. Notice. So he comes before Jesus. And Jesus says, thy faith has saved thee. Now some of us will get upset. My goodness. I fought through all this crowd to get to him. Don't he know I'm blind? That, That simple little prayer, that wasn't even a prayer. But it ain't about how long it is. It's about who he had an audience with. He could have just laid his hand on him and pushed him on by. And he still would have been delivered. Because he's the master. He's the master. And notice Brian Bartimaeus leaves because Jesus walks away from him. And he goes back. His eyes wasn't immediately open. Because healing is not an immediate result. And he goes back and he's stumbling in his darkness. But he believed and he looked down and said, let me see if my hands, if I can see my hands. Because he gave me a promise. He looked down and he couldn't see anything. A few minutes later, he fought his way back to his certain spot. And we find in just a few more minutes, light began to break through his eyes and he could see. Because God gave a promise. 
So no matter how long you've been asking for God to touch your body or heal you or deliver in this situation, he's still God and he still restores. So notice blind Bartimaeus was born blind. And he would go as a young boy to a certain spot to beg every day. And by the time he was a grown man, he became a professional beggar. Had his turtle doves and they would do tricks. He had a sea and eye lamb and it would do certain tricks as well and lead him to that certain spot. But we find as the prophet of God would tell us his daughter got sick. Or some of the uh, theologians would say the daughter got sick and he sold his turtle dove so that she could be delivered. And she was and she got her, her she was made well. And then his wife got sick and he had to give the, the sea and eye lamb up. And we find now he's at this point that he had nothing else to draw money from. But he knew if I could get to the master, then I'll get my sight. He knew that if his eyes would come open, he would never have to come back to this spot. And if your eyes come open tonight, young people, you'll never have to come back to the spot that you're at. You never have to come back to that spot of unbelief, that spot of depression, that spot of fear. That you traveled down and you met it every day, every day, every day. He knew that if his eyes were come open, he wouldn't have to remain a beggar. His begging days would be over because he could work for his own meat. And notice blind Bartimaeus' faith mastered his blindness. His faith mastered his blindness. And see, the God that restored his eyesight is the same God that restores speech to the dumb. He's the same God tonight that restores joy to the depressed. He's the same God tonight that restores life to the lifeless. Take your Bibles and we're going to look here in John 11 verse 39. We're looking at Lazarus. We're all very familiar with this story tonight. John eleven thirty nine. Jesus said, take you away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead for four days. Now, Jesus could have spoke that stone out of the way. But notice, he had them remove the stone. Because when they were close enough to remove the stone, then when it passed by, they would be able to smell the odor of putrefied, dying, decaying flesh on the inside. So he removed the stone and he sat back. Notice Martha said, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Now we find, she said earlier prior to that, Lord, even now, whatsoever you ask the Father, it'll be done. But now she's coming and she's saying, by this time, she, he stinketh. But Jesus says in verse 40, he says, he said, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And if you'll believe tonight, even like tabernacle, you will see the glory of God. We have witnessed the glory of God once and twice and three and four times all throughout this congregation. But it takes belief in the word of God tonight. Notice he said, they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Notice the stone is removed and everybody can look and see Lazarus laying there dead, lifeless. Decayed, stinking in the grave. But when he said, Lazarus, come forth, everybody took notice that a man who had been dead for four days began to rise to his feet. And he walked out of that, ga- that cave or that grave. And I'm telling you, he's the same God tonight. And let me tell you, when death has got a hold on you, if Jesus calls your name, the grave can't hold you. The death can't hold you. Depression can't hold you. But God calls your name tonight. He said, I no longer call you church. I call you bride tonight. And the denominational viewpoint, he can't hold you tonight. A creed can't hold you. A denomination can't hold you. A theory can't hold you. God said, I'm going to restore. It can't hold you. It won't hold you. Luke 7, verse 12. Let's look at another phrase. Our story here, excuse me. It says, now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And, the, and much people of the city were with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said unto her, weep not. And he came and he touched the bow. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And notice. And he that was dead, dead sat up and he began to speak. 
Oh, church, no matter how long you've been in your tomb, no matter how long death has had a grip on you, death has to lose its grip when the master speaks. I said death has to lose its grip. So whatever you're going through tonight, just let the master speak. He can't stay because he said, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. Many of us, some of us here tonight, you have a loved one. We think a lot of times we think death is only in the physical, but you can be dead spiritually. Some of you have children out in the world, prodigals. You know, that prodigal son left and broke his dad's heart. He began to, he said, you know, he wanted all his wealth so he can go out and just enjoy life. And he left a good home. He left good structure. He left a good Christian family. So he left. No doubt it broke the family's heart. No doubt your hearts have been broken. But I want you to know that dad looked out every day. Every morning he would get up and he'd go to the door and he'd look down that road. Because he knew he had a promise. Because he knew Joel said, I'm going to restore all. All. All the years. All the hurts. All the pains. All the trials. All the, every, all the embarrassment. I'm going to restore to you all. And we find this son. Notice he's down there. He's going to waste all his money. Now he has nothing. He's out there and he's in the pig's pen and he's, he's slopping around, slopping the pigs. But not only that, now he's eating with them. He's eating their food. And eventually he begins to come to himself. He begins to recognize that the servants in my father's house have it better than I have it. And the prophet of God said, a son of God can go a long time before he ever recognizes he's a son. What are you saying, Brother Joe? I'm saying that son was down there. He was dead in sin and unbelief. But God gave the father a promise. And God has given you mothers. And God has given you fathers. And God has given you brothers. And God has given you sisters. He's given you a promise tonight. I will restore all the years that the canker worm, the polymer worm, the locust, and the caterpillar has destroyed. I will restore store. Dad can't hold your son. Dad can't hold your husband. Dad can't hold your daughter. Dad can't hold him. The world can't hold him. Because I've given you a promise, I will restore. And nothing can cross that word. There's not enough demon power. There's not enough enemies that can stop that word from coming to pass. If you'll believe tonight. Justin, you stand up. A little sister come up for prayer because she was holding on to a promise. Oh, we know the story. There he was out in the world. You can sit down. Thank you. Out in the world, tried his days at college. Didn't work out. Wasn't the scholar he thought he was. But little daughter of God had enough respect for the word to come up and said, I want my brother. I want him back in church. I want him back serving God. And within 20 minutes, you don't tell me God can't restore. Within 20 minutes, he comes staggering to the altar. Because our God responds to your faith. Don't put limitations on him tonight. He said, I will restore. And let's go to Joel 2 and verse 25. Joel 2 and verse 25, he says, and I will restore to you. Make it personal tonight, church. Whatever your need is. Whatever your situation is, I'm going to restore to you the years, plural, not just one time. Because some of you have been in trial after trial after you just get out of a trial and you're back into another trial. But he says, I'll restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Excuse me, that the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the polymer worm, that my great army that I sent among you. Notice now, I'm going to restore to you tonight. I say, Lord, restore to me all that you have desired for me tonight. Don't let my loved ones stay there when you gave me a promise. Don't let me be beat down in my health when you gave me a promise. Don't let me be torn up in my marriage when you gave me a promise. Lord, you said I will restore. I'm going to hold you to that word tonight. Restore tonight, God. Restore my family. Restore my home. Restore my health. Restore, Lord, tonight as your word declares. Notice, I will restore. I'm going to restore to you all that these little insects have eaten. Brother Brandon would say it in the restoration of the bride tree. The first was the palm worm. 
that little thing, just a little bitty insect of a worm. But notice how small it starts. Little bitty insect of a worm gets in and begins to suck the life and eat the life. See what the polymer worm done? He ate the leaf or the fruit off the tree. But it starts ever so little. It may start with a little grudge. Maybe a little bitty thing of unforgiveness. Maybe a little bitty complex. But it starts ever so small. And then watch as this, this, this worm begins to grow. And then he moves past the polymer worm stage. And he grows into a locust. And as a locust, what does he do? He eats the divine fellowship up. Then you find people who can't stick around after service. Because the divine fellowship is ate away. They can't have nobody over their house because divine fellowship is eaten away. They don't go anywhere because divine fellowship is eaten away. This little worm took the fruit and now he's nibbling away at the fellowship. Because Satan knows if he can get you all alone, he's got you. Notice then as this worm begins to move on to the next stage, he moves into the stage of a canker worm. And what does a canker worm do? He gets into the bark of the tree and he begins to eat the bark off and remove the covering. And covering is our religion. Otherwise, he begins to destroy the word that covers the tree. Then he moves on into the last phase, which is the caterpillar stage. And in the caterpillar stage, he begins to suck the very life out of the tree. And we've seen people that those worms that begin to work in eat the fruit. Their life doesn't produce fruit. Then they eat the fellowship away. Then they have no, they don't know what's true and what's not true. And they leave everything, just walk around, turn their backs on God and walk completely out. And then you find they have no life. And Brother Bram would say it like this. What kind of life was in it? It was the Holy Spirit. He said, what could it do? He said, they couldn't hold the spirit in there because of their dogma. The Holy Spirit wouldn't stand for it. So that takes the Holy Spirit, the life out of the tree, and it gives it a dogma, makes a denomination. And if you don't have life in the tree, then you don't have no religion, you don't have no true word, you have no covering, you have no divine fellowship, and you have no fruit. So we need life back in the tree. But the prophet of God said, Joel, he says, I will restore to you tonight. Make it personal. I'm going to restore to you all. Restore what? What was in the beginning, church? The first early apostolic church, Pentecostal, Methodist, Baptist, whatever you want to call it. He goes, it was right there in the beginning. The church of our Lord Jesus, right there, he said, it had signs and wonders. We have been promised a restoration. We, didn't, we were not promised a reformation. There's a difference between a restoration and a reformation. God promises in time people that they would be restored back. We were being, we were, excuse me, we're being restored back to what? We're being restored back to the book of Acts church. The same church that Paul started. The same teachings. The same signs. The same wonders. The same Holy Ghost. The same power of God. The same ability to call things out. That's what we're being restored back to. Don't take nothing short of that tonight. We're being restored back where demons were cast out. Blind eyes being made open. Secrets of heart being revealed. But we find in Revelation 3 and verse 1, that that restoration starts with a reformation. We find here that the Bible tells us, And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that had the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest but are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before the Lord. And we find today that many people claim that they're alive. But you don't, they can't make it to church on a Wednesday night. Or they have a form of godliness, but they deny that power of the Holy Spirit to completely transform who they are. But yet they claim they're alive. They're just being reformed. But we have a promise. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Be not conformed to this world, but transformed. How are we to be transformed? By the renewing of our minds. That word renew means to make new or restore to life. And that's where, we're, that's where we are tonight. Look at what he says here. He says, Now, talking about these people that, that they have, they don't cut their hair, they don't wear long or they wear long dresses, they don't wear makeup, any of these things, and they look so golly, but yet they're not with it. Brother Bam would say it like this in the message, how can I overcome? He said, the people live, they can so live, people can live so clean, a holy life, not be simple, adulterers and drinkers and liars and gamblers. They can live above that and still not with it. 
See, because Reformation sweeps the relics away and it sweeps the traditions away, but it doesn't bring you to that life of Christ. Only transformation, only restoration brings you back. And to be restored back means that we have to go back to the original, which was the original Pentecost, the original word, the original power. So if we was to take my Bible and I was to drop it on the ground, for instance, like that, and I picked up another book, that's not restoration. That's just translation. But when I pick up the same book that I dropped, that's restoration. And that's what the prophet of God is saying here. We're not being restored back to a denominational idea. We're not being restored back to a creed or to a dogma. We are being restored back to the beginning. Back to the way God founded his church. God started his church the way he wanted it. And he's going to get his church the way that he started it. I say thanks be to you Lord. You said I will restore. I don't care what I got to go through down on this side. You gave a promise. I'm going to fit that word no matter what you said. You said I'm going to have a pride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Let me tell you, you may have a lot of flaws. You may have a lot of mistakes but you're going to fit that word because God said I'm going to restore. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you healing. I'm going to give you whatever you have need of because my word will not fall to the ground. I will restore. See, God's going to restore. Methodist wants more Baptist. Baptist wants more Methodist. Luther wants more Pentecostals. Pentecostal wants more of all of it. But God ain't restoring us back to, to a denominational idea. He's taking us back to the original program. He's taking us back to the way he started it. And like I said, he planted his church the way he wanted it. And now he wants his church the way he started it. I say, Lord, start here with me tonight. Restore me tonight. Restore my heart. Renew my thinking tonight, Lord. See, the, the Reformation, Sardis Age, that was the start of the restoration. We needed the start. But I'm not looking at a people where that were just starting out. We're the people that are in the seventh age. We're the people that have arrived for the time that God gave us a promise that in the end time, I'm going to send you a message. I'm going to send you a prophet. And what is he going to do? He's going to reveal to you all the mystery. And the prophet of God will say, when he reveals all the mystery, that's being restored back to the word. There's nothing else to go back to, church. There's not another messenger. There's not another age. We have arrived. You are the bride of the last days. The prophet of God will say, you're the final voice to the final age. Let me tell you, you should be excited tonight that know that God kept his word when hell was against you, when every demon power was against you. God said, I'm going to have a church. I'm going to have a bride. I'm going to restore my bride back to the original, and she's here tonight. I'm looking at the bride, the same signs, the same wonders, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same healing, the same deliverance. That's who I'm speaking to tonight. You're not a washed down nobody. You're the bride of Jesus Christ. You're the one that sons have been looking for. You're the one that prophesies long to see you're the one tonight I will restore I'm going to have a body I'm going to have a bride we're not the start we're the finishing up and we are here only thing that's next church is for this corruption to put on incorruption and this mortality brother L to be translated into a body that will never ache Never have another ache, another pain. Never have another bad thought. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, church. We're the finishing up. We're the book of Acts church. We are the, we're back to the original. He says in John 15 and verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If the vine ever puts forth another branch, it's going to look just like you. It's going to look just like you. It's going to walk like you, young people. It's going to talk like you, young people. It's going to respond like you, young people. It's going to believe like you, moms and dads. When the devil's in your ear telling you there's no way for them to get saved, telling you they've gone too far, prodigal son's dad's looking. Every morning, he's looking. Oh, he's looking, Brother L, because he knew he was given a promise. 
God gave Joel a promise. He gave him a word. That word just wasn't for Joel's day. It was for every age prior, after. And he looked. Not today. He didn't bow his head in defeat. He knew he had a promise. So he came that evening. And he looked at the evening time. Oh, church. Something about the evening time. There shall be light in the evening time. But that one time, that one day, what if he would have given up? What if he would have said, you know what? I'm hearing these reports. He's down there in the pig pen. He's eaten. There's no use. He is dead to me. He's done. He's wasted everything. He's marred my name. He's embarrassed me. He's nothing. Uh, you know, where would he be? But God was not only working on the Father holding to the promise. He began to work on the Son. Because he, he knew the Son was part of the promise. And here it was evening time. And here comes the Son. Embarrassed. Broken. Stunk. Because he had the smell of decay on him. You think the Father went back in his house and shut the door? Turned his back on him? Now he knew God gave me a promise. Go get the robe. Slay a fatted calf. Get my ring. Because the son has come home. Amen. Though he may have been dead, God's restored. And I don't know, some of you got some loved ones here tonight. And it may look like hell has got them beat down. The demons have got them wrapped up. And it looks like their life is nothing. But I want you to know, he said, I will restore. You can hold to that promise, Jessica. For your brother. And the same God that honored the faith of the prodigal's father. The same God's going to honor your faith tonight. Sister Sherry, the same God that's going to honor your faith tonight. Sister Jenny, the same God that'll honor your faith tonight. He's not bound by time. You either believe he's going to restore and he's going to be honor his word or you don't. But I'm here to tell you tonight, he's here. Are you looking? Are you under expectation tonight? I will restore. Man didn't say that, but God said it. And God a bankrupt heaven to honor that word tonight. So no matter what you're going through, maybe it be a sickness in your body. May it be a trial in your mind. Maybe you've got complexes eating at you. God's giving you a word tonight. He's giving you a promise. I'm taking you back to the beginning. I'm taking you back to the beginning. Quit thinking that you're a nobody. Quit thinking that you're a has-been. Quit thinking that you're a never-will-be. And start thinking, I'm the original church. The same bride that went down is the same bride that's been resurrected or restored. Prophet of God saw the bride in preview. Notice he saw the bride in preview once and she had long flowing gown, long hair, beautiful. And she was just dancing with or stepping with sweet music. And notice, followed that was the church. And the church from every different uh, uh, area of the world was walked before him. And the prophet of God would say, is that all that our ministry produced was that? And if we put our eyes on that, sometimes we get really discouraged. But he said, no, the bride's going to come in preview again. Because the bride that went down is the bride that's coming up. The bride that was in the beginning, the Omega or the Alpha, is the Omega bride in the end. Same church. Same doctrine. Same teaching. Same word. Same power. Same anointing. Same faith. Same. Same. Same, same. Cancer tried to take her down. The same Sister Lana. Heart trouble tried to take him down. The same God tonight. Try to take our young people. He's the same God, Jonathan. Believe for him tonight and you'll see God's hand move upon their heart. A son of God can go a long time, church, before he ever recognizes he's a son. But God gave you a promise. Hold to the word. I will restore. I will restore. Let me bring this down to a close now. Brother Ram says, everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel, the word, and God confirmed that word with signs following. The sick were healed, devils were cast out, they spoke in new tongues. That was the word in action. That was the beginning. And that's the end. That's why we can have tongues in our church. 
That's why we can have miraculous healings in our church. That's why we can have deliverance in our church. That's why a little 16-year-old girl or 17-year-old daughter can come up and pray for her brother. And he come within 20 minutes because the same God responds the same way he did in the first church. Notice what he says now. Oh, little flock, you little minority, hold on to the word. Fill your mouth and your heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. He says, now, God put a binocular on Joel's eyes one day and he looked down through the stream of time yonder and he seen a church. And he seen the vine torn down, destroyed. And he said, what the polymer worm has left, what the caterpillar has eaten, what the caterpillar has left, the locust has eaten. And what the locust has left, another worm had eaten. But he said, could this church ever grow again? But God said, I will restore See, Joel the prophet looking down through the eyes of faith. He saw the vine coming up out of Genesis. He saw it far there. He says, thereafter Jerusalem, the Holy Ghost had fallen. He said, he's seen the dark ages coming on. He's seen that vine destroyed and pushed down to the stump. But God said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And if, he said, if it wasn't for that, they might have been able to kill the branch. But God gave a promise. And I'm here to tell you tonight, church. The Pentecostal age was not the restoration. But you are that restoration. You are the restored word for the final age. You're the final voice, the final mouthpiece to the finishing up of all time. We have been restored back to the original word, to the original power. See, God isn't going to plant a new church but he's going to bring back the original. And she's here. If you'd come sing. Musicians, if you'd come. God isn't going to plant a new church. He's not starting over. But he's bringing back that which he planted in the beginning. The same church. You may have wondered what it was like to be in Paul's day. To be under Paul's ministry. Well, just wake up. Because you're there. You're under Paul's ministry. You're under Paul's day. You're under Paul's anointing. You're under Paul's teaching. But it's because the same word we preach is the same word Paul established. The same power. The same Holy Ghost. And he responds the same way. He responds the same way. You got a need tonight? He gave you a promise. You got a heavy heart tonight? He gave you a promise. You got a loved one out in the world tonight? He gave you a promise. You got somebody laying on a deathbed? He gave you a promise. Whatever your need is tonight, he said, I will restore. He didn't put a limitation to it. He didn't put a period at the end of it. I will restore the years. I will restore the years, the hurts, the sicknesses, the disappointments, the shame. When it gets down to nothing, life seems to be gone. I'm going to restore all that. And you shall eat in plenty. Oh, hallelujah. You shall eat in plenty. Moms, dads, you shall eat in plenty. What's that telling you? They're coming home. It's telling you they're coming home. They don't have to stay out there. They're coming home. You either believe it tonight, church. I'm here to believe with you tonight. He said, I will restore. They're coming home. It's time we just have service and we just slay the fatted calf and we get the, red, the robe ready and put the ring out because they're coming home. Won't you go ahead? Oh, I can see your It seems 
tonight, do you believe? Do you believe that his word is true? Do you believe that he said, I will restore to you tonight? I'm going to give you an opportunity, you that have loved ones out in the world. Brother Aaron and I will be glad to pray with you. He's here to restore. But you got to be looking for him to come home. Willing tonight, won't you come? If you need prayer, we'll be glad to, to pray with you. Maybe we can pray as a body tonight for those that have loved ones that are off in the world and looks like death is taking them down. He's the same God, church. Let this whole world let it say what they say. Do what blind Bartimaeus did and turn a deaf ear to it. Uh, won't you just put your hands on one another tonight? Let us believe tonight. Continue to play that and sing that. You're here tonight. Maybe you got a situation in your home, a situation in your family, a situation on the job. I will restore to you tonight. And you want to get out of your seat and take God at his word tonight and see what God will do. Won't you step out of the aisle tonight and come on up here and join the rest of us? God has given you a promise. You're looking for life. He's here to give it tonight because he said, I will restore. It may appear that nothing's taking place, but God is breaking down walls. God is tearing down barriers. God is honoring his word tonight. He's just looking for a heart of faith to take him at his word and believe tonight. I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore to you tonight. I'm going to restore your loved ones. I'm going to restore your sons. I'm going to restore your daughters. I'm going to restore your health. I'm going to restore your finances. I'm going to restore all the years to you tonight. Hell's not going to stop me. The grave's not going to stop me. No, whatever you're going through is not going to stop me because I've given a word. And he's here tonight. He's here tonight. Brother Aaron, let's pray with you.